Hello there, E.K. The Writing Healthcare again with another episode of the Black Blood Story. Today we pick up from where we had left off the last time. Make yourselves comfortable and come. This is the Black Blood Story. Here we go. Oh, wait, one more thing before we go. Please consider helping us to keep this podcast alive and thriving. Our contributors may donate via Patreon at http colon slash slash www.patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash i is for inky just like it sounds i is for inky that is i capital i lowercase i s f o r i n k y uppercase i lowercase i s F-O-R-I-N-K-Y. That's Inky. No, this is the Black Blood Story. At that moment, those words, much too heavy for the shaky need accomplice, he would have bent and reached for his gun which was tucked in his socks. All of the dogs bounce up on the hind legs and bear their teeth while each of the dog handlers took two steps forward. No, no, no! Lasco shouted as he turned and took a scalding hat glance at each of his friends. Then, as he turned back to the commissioner, seemingly to continue the discussion, the other guard, not Mr. Shakini that time, but the other one, seemed to just lose it all and turned around and ran. The other guardsman then followed suit. Lasco, splitting his attention between the departing guards turned friends turned deserters and then back to the now purposefully advancing canine brigades, handlers and all, bearing down on him. He too turned himself around and just like his two friends did before him, he ran for all he was worth. Whatever doubts the commissioner might have harbored up until that point that Lasco was, in fact, Jamaican to a degree, all doubts drifted away as he watched that sucker go. Ah, ah, yep, that's a Jamaican boy right there for you, the commissioner mused. Son of a bitch was born to run. Even though the other two did get at least a full New York minute's time worth of jump on him, he would have caught up with and then proceeded to overtake them in a flash. So, there they were, the retreating gangsters in full flight, fleeing with the K-9 brigade in hot pursuit. But, abruptly, a barbed wire fence met up with and mount up to their waist. All three lighted up off of the ground and scaled the waist high fence. Nothing wrong with the takeoff. Nothing wrong with their eerie flight over, but then, there was the landing to be reckoned with. Unbeknown to any of them, that barbed wire fence which they had just breached in a cat-like leap was actually a peripheral barrier around a very deep mined out pit and a decommissioned quarry. Later on in the media, it was being reported that Three men fell to their death in a gravel pit when they tried to run off without paying the fear for a taxi ride. They got out of the car and ran across an open field, the report said, 
And then, when they came up on a barbed wire fence, they jumped the fence but was surprised to find out that there was a mined out pit on the other side. Those poor things, some were heard to be saying. Others, though, were not so pitying, understanding and supportive. They got exactly what they deserved was the verdict as they saw it. The findings of the commissioner's year-long investigation into the carrying-ons of Lasco and his men saw him tracing the family tree deep into that rather extraordinary family. Count Lasco's real name as it turned out was Lascelles Peart and Sadie was named after her grandmother who was Freddie Orton's daughter, also named Sadie. One of the two young men who was killed at the house across from where Sadie lived turned out to be her first cousin too. The commissioner after much digging and prying was to find out these things among others and then began the task of making all of the other connections which he had intended to use to bring them to book. So, Sweet Sadie was not too far removed from the count and the family tree as it turned out. Neither was Sergeant Kennedy or Vince Rogers for that matter. Who knew? In the end, the only fizzled end left hanging in regards to the series of killings which could not be linked to Lasco and his gang was the gruesome murder of those two students on the university campus. So the spotlight was then shifted from half of their prime suspect to be focusing on other possible suspects. There has just got to be other explanations for what took place there though because, try as they may, they could not connect those killings to Count Lasco. Sadie must have felt the hangman's noose tightening around her neck after the reports of the death of Lasco and his cronies because she was found on the pavement in the parking lot below her penthouse dressing room window mere moments later. Her well manicured and waxed to a shine body in liquid form and shaking like a pound of liver. Some said she jumped. Others, including the commissioner, thinks she was pushed. Isn't it funny though how this particular circle of friends or family or whatever the ties might be which binds them together, they all just seems to go in somewhat the same gruesome manner every time. Then there was the Sarge. Sergeant Kennedy had gone to investigate the death of Rescurai when the commissioner and his team was to have shown up and it wasn't to assist in the investigation as he had assumed. The commission was actually there to book him on a barrage of charges including, but not limited to, obstruction of justice, aiding and abetting fugitives and criminals, attempting to pervert the course of justice, among many others. You are making a big mistake, said Sergeant Kennedy. I hope so. I really do hope so for your sake, my friend, the commissioner replied, but if I were you, I'd call my lawyer. And then, Mayor Clint Smith was the fiercest warrior in the fight to make and keep Pittsburgh as the cleanest city in all of America, not only in terms of employing those great men with brooms, but he also meant it in terms of employing the greatest and the most capable minds of men and women with other tools of the trades, tools which were mightier than those of the broom brigades. 
His plans had been so very successful in getting a handle on the narcotics trade that most of the other cities and mayors had been employing it to the chagrin of characters such as Lasco and his kinds. Lasco, therefore, had been trying to reinvent himself and his business, hence his many treks to Jamaica, the land he dearly loved and the birthplace of his not-too-distant relatives, and more. The insurgent agent who infiltrated the police academy turned out to be a plant sent in by none other than the Count himself. His mission was to search out those who appeared to be on the fast track to leadership positions in the force and to spare no expense or effort in converting them over to his Lasco's ways of doing things. If all else fails, he was instructed, then do what you have got to do and be sure to do it well. As for the other trainees, desensitize them from what the school is teaching as much as possible and introduce them to an alternative way, our way. The counter agent's role was simply to lay low and keep a watchful eye on him, the prime agent, and if he sees the slightest sign of trouble, decent or treason, then certain protocols must be followed which range from a phone call to an altar call, or even a cold old Mark stall. His list of instructions was laid out in playbook format, that is, if this, then that. That was the roadmap as laid out and presented to him. As it turned out, and as was to be discovered later, Lasco was planning to return home to the land of his forefathers, and so, he was in the process of setting up shop there. Since the heat was getting a bit unbearable in the land of uncle, you know him, right? They call him Sam. But the count might have found himself messing around carelessly one time too many, tripped over himself and fell, and then he was gone, way too soon to foolproof his strategy and reset his line of command. So now, his business is in limbo and ripe for the picking. Suits some entities very well indeed. Watch out all of you pickers, they are still moving in for the kill. The United States government, through their many and varied governmental departments and agencies in recent times, have been sending gifts in cash and kinds to the Jamaican Police Federation, the government, as well as various civic groups. Some say as a thank you gift for getting the Lasco mess off of their hands. Meanwhile, Jamaica just continued her upward moves. That's it for today, my friends. Thank you for lending me your ear chime again. Come again next time when we shall bring you yet another episode of this story. Until then, be good to yourselves and tell a friend about this. I remain your best of friend, E.K., the writing elk, and I am out.